everybody to another edition of the Major Music Lounge podcast. And joined by my guest, Burnt Bacharach, uh, joining us from Burnt Up Records. What's good, my brother? What's up, man? Oh, man. Doing great. Man, just uh, chilling on it, man. And uh, got a chance to, you know, check out some of the links you had sent. We're going to get into some of the albums. But uh, getting the Ooh. show ramped up, man, I actually took two weeks off and like recently um i shot a music video i don't know if you saw that but just been doing that and i'm actually also doing this beat challenge right now which you know we got to pretty much do a beat video every day so i kind of mm-hmm. been just busy with that but uh getting back to doing the show in the midst of all of that and i'm also working on another album so you know how it mm-hmm. is man it never stops uh what's been mm-hmm. good with you Everything been good, man. Just staying busy. Staying busy. Word, word, man. Word. Uh, that's the best way to be, man. Staying busy. Uh, that way mm-hmm. you don't don't get into anything you don't need to get into. So, yeah, definitely feel yeah. you. Um, mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, Burn Up Records. Where are you originally from? Uh, we're from the kind of in between the Dayton and Cincinnati area, uh, Ohio area. Okay. And, uh, I, I, I come from an engineering background originally. That's what I'm trained in and just more started messing with NPCs back in the early two thousands and just love it and, uh, follow that through and still love it today. Still love learning, uh, trying new things. Yeah, so you say uh, MPC, and mm-hmm. you know I'm kind of like uh, I guess you could say a long time MPC user myself. Mm-hmm. I currently use the MPC one in a lot of my production. I, I go between that to be honest and machine, um, but I started out originally on the MPC 2000 Excel. That was way back like in 07, 08 ish. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I say that to ask you originally, uh, which was the first MPC did you start with? I had a 1000 I got back in 2003, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I, I originally used the MPC 2000 like my buddies, but I didn't mess with it that much. I didn't learn anything, really. You know, I just screwed around. You know how it is when you first start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I bought a 1000 and just... Been at it, man. Just sat in my sat on my couch with the one thousand for years, a decade plus, probably. And just been at it, man. Yeah, man. It's, I just like to ask that question because uh, I remember like when I first got into well, I was already making beats at that time, but um, what got me wanting to get into the MPC, I just used to hear a lot of other producers talk about it. And one day um, I met this cat out here. I live in Dallas and mm-hmm. he actually told me he was selling his MPC. So I bought it off to him and I liked the workflow in the 2000. And that was back when they had those zip disks. So <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. myself getting on online on Amazon, ordering me that uh, zip disk drive to be able to use with the computer. Cause I remember that was back when you could download some of those uh, samples straight to the disc, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I needed that drive, but um, yeah, I remember saving all my money just to buy that 2000 Excel, and that led me over to getting to the uh, MPC-1, 
what model are you, are you currently, are you still using that, that 1000 or do you use something else now? I never used a 1000. I went from a 1000 to a 62 and then uh, to an X and then uh, my X kind of crapped out the sound card on it. And I think it still works, but I just went switched to the live. I had a live sitting around. So okay. I use that now. I love the one though. My roommate's got a one in the other room and, if I had to pick one of the new NPCs, I'd say the one would probably be, especially if I was budget, if I was budget oriented. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like very powerful too, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember when they announced the MPC one, and you know, because because you're saying that, I remember I got it because it was around that seven forty nine, I think seven ninety nine price point. And originally around that time, I was actually kind of thinking about getting back into the MPC workflow altogether. I was actually about to possibly buy another 2000 XL or maybe even a 1000 like you had. Uh, mm-hmm. But I decided to go ahead and get the one. And uh, just be prepared, though, if you got the MPC or if you, you know, listeners out there, just be prepared if you're getting into like the MPC one uh, that it does have like four gigs of, of onboard or internal storage so you may need to purchase in you know additional storage separately whether that's a flash drive or a hard drive but mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. man uh so you mentioned you know in that you mentioned that you used the 1000 back around like what oh three how long have yep. you been yep. producing overall since then really I, like i said i used a, a 2000 before that but it, it wasn't serious it was um, when I was in engineering school, just some homies had it and just got down with them, watching what they did, programming drums. Nothing really came to that. But, uh, seriously, since 03, 04, uh, probably more 04. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. we kind of started around the same time. That that was the stage that you were talking about where you just kind of dabbled in it. That was the stage I was in around 04, 05. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I met some other people that were out here in Dallas, I really started kind of getting more into wanting to create music and production and beat making. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, we, we kind of started around the same time. Um, are you an artist, too? Uh, like a rapper? Yeah, rapper. No, it actually started that. That was what put me into hip hop. But I don't ever really write anymore. Mm-mm. Okay, word, word. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, just had to ask. Um, mm-hmm. I got a chance to listen, and, you know, I got them pulled up here. Um, mm-hmm. Brother Borg, Biblical Distortions, and mm-hmm. then uh, the Crosstown Beef uh, Project. I listened to some tracks on both of those before we did the show. Uh, mm-hmm. First and foremost, that... uh biblical distortions you know it kind of sounds like you pretty much uh did you have the concept to just sample like gospel music or you know what was the concept behind that album it started as like a a silly idea to play on um kirk franklin's name (laughs) and just started getting heard some gospel music and was like ah i could chop that um, not really being familiar. I mean, you definitely hear it around, but uh, I don't necessarily come from like a religious background, and uh, it it just it just hit me like, ah, oh, man, I could sample this, and uh, it really 
getting into it changed me. It was weird to where I kind of started understanding spirituality and listening to them, them preachers that I sampled on there. And it definitely gave me an understanding of why people um, may be religious or something. It was a change of heart, really. And I didn't expect that at all. It started off as being like just silly and a silly idea. Well, well it, it came out, you know, really dope, actually, man. So I appreciate it. No problem, no problem. And uh, the other one, uh, Crosstown B. Now, mm -hmm. between those two projects, like, uh, was the biblical distortions, was that all you, or was that kind of like a collab project versus the other uh, Crosstown B? Oh, they're both, they're both just me. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, cool, cool. Um, yeah, what was the... the concept behind the Crosstown Beef album? Uh, I, I, I found that I, I, I was familiar with Al Green and then I became familiar with Ann Peebles and just in digging records you know you just kind of start hearing things that are in common there and it was like the organ sound and I was just like one day it clicked like this is the same thing. And then I looked into it and it was all produced by, um, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he ran high records and it, 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 I looked into it and they were all, a lot of them were the same session musicians and session players on the albums, all of the high records. And then, I, I was familiar with Stax records before, and then I yeah. found out they were they were like four blocks apart, and they made so many hits. So I think that High Records made 21, 29 number one hits in a row that every time they went in. So it was like something in the water, and I just wanted to kind of battle the two together and, and make it, it came out to be like a boxing concept between the two. So I, it, it, that is like my all time favorite music is is the music that came from Memphis at that time. Really, It moves me. It touches me, especially Ann Peebles. Yeah, some soulful stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of like with that being said, you know, as a, as a producer, who are some of your or who inspired you to get into music production and beat making? Uh, I like, I like, I, I don't know, just music inspired me. Um, I, I'm definitely a hip hop head, but I grew up on listening to different kinds of music. Like my parents listened to classic rock. My dad did. My mom listened to 90s pop, like Paul Abdul and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just come from loving music. It, it, at that time, I can't say that I was trying to be like premiere or anything now i look up to premiere and apollo brown mostly yeah. but i was just wanting to figure out I, I couldn't really play piano or do anything with an actual instrument at that time so i just wanted to make music it was an outlet it was a a way to pass the time really okay yeah i mean um similar like because it it was around probably the mid to late 90s, you know, when kind of like the sound that you have, for example. Uh, I I used to listen to a lot of like hmm, Brand Nubian was one. Uh, of course, Rakim. Uh, who, who else? Of course, Nas. 
Uh, I listened to like basically a lot of like East Coast hip hop around that time. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, just like watching Rap City, for example, mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. hear a lot of those vibes on Rap City. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of the whole era of music that inspired me personally. And then, you know, you you see different things from there, just going through that whole like trap era and you know, everything else just comes back around. It felt mm -hmm. like pretty much, uh, and it's kind of ironic, like, you know, you talk about St. Colfer, but like, uh, I actually kind of met him through a couple of other, or a couple of other producers and artists, but, you know, a lot of them that came on the show had a very similar sound. And mm -hmm. I say that only to say that, you know, it did come back around as far as like, like boom, bap, old, old school hip hop came back around and uh yeah man it's kind of kind of cool to you know see that going on here in 2022 um yeah yeah it always comes back around i definitely um i definitely listen to hip-hop all the like uh, east coast stuff uh love like all the deaf joke stuff uh i would say that dj high tech i i just yeah. i would say yeah. that maybe maybe the uh i didn't have a lot of producer influence at that time because i didn't study the producers i was more about the rhymes even though the production had something to do with it but definitely high tech all the mood stuff that was coming out of cincinnati tulip quality i love like the reflection eternal blew my mind just changed my thought process of how words could be used and uh and expressing yourself and and ideas yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, who who are you listening to now? Now I listen to my homies, and I listen to a lot of indie rock. Uh, I like Mayhem Loren. I listen to a lot of him, like Action Bronson. I like yeah. funny MCs nowadays. Like people always want somebody to have a a real message. Sometimes it's just entertainment, you know. I like to laugh, and I like funny MCs. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Action Bronson, man. I've been seeing that mm -hmm. cat everywhere lately. <laughs> everywhere. Mm -hmm. Man. Um, so, yeah, as far as putting out, like, a lot of these instrumental projects that you have been, um, do you, you know, as far as, like, staying consistent, um, do you have any type of, like, goal for, okay, I want to put out this many projects in a certain amount of time, or do you just kind of go with however, like, your vibe and like maybe you have this certain period of time where your your creative process you're just thinking of new beats or you know you're constantly working and you decide hey I think I'm ready to put out another beat tape like how do you kind of decide the difference or when you're ready you can come up with concepts uh, before there's even any music for that made it starts with a concept of uh, just like the 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 gospel project or the the Memphis first Memphis record label process, I, I got a I got a board over here and it's just got album titles written on it. And lately, I've just been compiling a a folder of finished beats that I kind of mastered to the same level so that they could all become any project that they would belong to. Uh, that's kind of what I do. As far as the label goes, I was trying to put out stuff 
every once a month I was dropping it, but it seemed like that was too much. I'm a terrible businessman and I, I hate to ask my customers to spend 10, 15 bucks every month. So I was like, maybe I'll just do it every other month and then they don't feel so obligated. I, I'd hate for somebody to feel obligated to buy all my stuff. I don't know. It's not, it's not about the money. It's just about uh, putting out cool projects. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now do you, you, put out like on just Bandcamp or is is your music on the other streaming platforms too? Yeah, it's uh YouTube and streaming platforms just like you do with your podcast and as well as Bandcamp. It seems like um Bandcamp is a great website. I really like it and it enables people to pay and uh uh but I'm not against putting it on Spotify or anything, it's all over. It's all over everything. Yeah, and you know that's another topic. Like some of the past guests have came on and talk about uh, that they have their music on Bandcamp, and uh, you know it is a great place because artists and, and producers, you know, creators can make a lot more than they can from some of the streaming platforms out there, like you know yeah. Apple Music or you know if you're going through Digital Kid or something like that. But uh, not to say that, you know, putting the, putting your music on those sites is bad. You definitely want to be everywhere. But, you know, people mm -hmm. really want to support the artists. Uh, Bandcamp is the place to go to support the artists because uh, they're going to make a little bit more money off each sale. So and they can sell merch sure. on there as well. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that ability. I love the ability to be able to. And it seems like a more direct interaction where you don't really interact with anybody through band camp or through the streaming services unless people are commenting on YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, mm -hmm. What kind of plans do you have for the remainder? You know, it's, it's actually what this month, November and December. So 2022 is almost up. But what kind of plans do you have? the remainder of this year going into next year? Um, I, I, I learned about these, this young, they're actually twin brothers that from the UK and they're like 19 year old. I don't know how exactly how old they are, but they're, I think they're like 19 or 20 and they make music like you and I make, you know what I mean? It's it, where I feel like a lot of people that age do not. And they just, they've worked so hard and I've got a tape, put out by them they're called the mighty mindless cartoons and we got a tape together for that that's going to drop on the 21st of this month and then okay. i don't know what's happening in december i'd like to put something out in december i got some ideas and i got maybe something that i could put together uh, i really don't know i'm just winging it as of now i uh i definitely would like to find more people to uh i've got some homies and we put out some of their stuff but I'd like to meet even more people and just continuing to grow the the family of Burnt Up Records yeah. and put out whatever's good, whatever I feel is good, for sure. Sure, sure, man. Sometimes, you know, it, it, it's like that uh, coming up with, with whatever you want to do next. I know, like, myself personally, I'm working on an album, as I said earlier, like, at the beginning of the show, but, like, um, there are times when, like, beat tapes for example i put out my first beat tape this year that i put out probably in what two and a half years or so and uh 
those two years, so like during the pandemic, I kind of used that time to more so be an artist because uh, I had a lot more time to like shoot videos and do all sorts of other things. Mm -hmm. uh, but now um, I kind of got back into doing more production. So yeah, I know how it is sometimes just coming up with those concepts and ideas and getting the next album together. Now, um, one thing we didn't talk about uh, that you just touched on actually was uh, Burn Up Records. Now, is it just you as as part of your, kind of like your label or do you have some other people on there with you? It's ran by me, but I like to represent it as everybody that is included, anybody that's ever put a, submitted a track to a compilation or I try to represent us all if I can, especially on social media. It's a, I, I try to use the word we when really it's just me, you know. Um, but uh, I definitely have friends that's, that are local and stop by. My brother Benny, he's, he comes by once a week and we get down and uh, and then people all around the world that I communicate with. And uh, But for the most part, it's just me sitting here dubbing tapes and communicating with people, mastering that, projects that they need or whatever. I try to be able to handle whatever comes my way. But it is just me running it. Um, I, I, I'd like other people to be involved for sure in a in a face-to-face, -face, but... Uh, there's just not a lot of people around. Uh, I don't go out a lot. I just sit here and make music. So I don't really meet people other than on the internet. And unfortunately, or fortunately, they're not always within 10 minutes or an hour or something. Yeah, saying here, like, it's kind of funny how that works. I work with more people that don't necessarily live in Dallas uh, than I mm -hmm. work with people that live in the city. And, uh, yeah, sometimes that's just the way it is, and you just got to roll with it. I would love to work with more people locally, uh, maybe eventually, yeah, but uh, I just take it however it comes, man. That's all you can ask for sometimes. As long as you're making progress, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell our listeners, where can they find your music online? I know we just kind of went over that. Where can they find you at? So I've got music... Personally, I put it out on Burnt Up Records, and then uh, I, I we have like a crew ran by my dude Chef Mike on Common and Normal Records, and they're based out of Detroit. So, I kind of the plan would be to split music, my own music, between Burnt Up Records and Common and Normal, and we all kind of pump each other up there a little bit. And uh, you can find that on Bandcamp through Common and Normal or Burnt Up Records. And then Burnt Backerack on all the streaming services. And uh, Burnt Up Records has a page on YouTube as well. Okay. Uh, and go ahead, support Burnt Backerack, Burnt Up mm -hmm. Records. Uh, give my man a follow also on social media. Sure. And, uh, you know, definitely appreciate you coming on. And uh, you know, Man, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate yeah. you. You reaching out and I appreciate Sankofa for tagging me in your post. And yeah, I've been watching you put together these beats this month. You have a machine micro as well. Am I incorrect about that? Yeah. 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 yeah I've been seeing you stay busy on it. Uh, it's tough to finish a beat every day, really. So big ups to you for that. And it's, it's just tough to finish anything really, but uh, definitely something every day. It takes uh, effort. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks, man. 
I just, it's something uh, I actually done this the third year in a row, and um, this other YouTuber, his name is uh, Tatro, and mm-hmm. he he's kind of leading this whole thing. He's done it, you know, these past couple of years, and I just like it because I like to not only challenge myself every day to be creative, because I normally like it's the only time I do this, like um, in terms of making beats, like literally every day of the month uh, right. and all the other months you know there there are times when i may spend more time you know working on it on the album opposed to making beats and then there may be times when i spend more time recording podcast episodes because i had like last month there was no way i probably could have did this challenge because i had i had a wave of like five or six interviews i did in a row some days I did even two, and uh, yeah, it gets real busy sometimes. So um, it also allows me to just kind of uh, maybe come out of my comfort zone in terms of I'll sample sometimes. Sometimes I just make stuff from scratch. So um, I just keep it going either way, and uh, yeah, it just helped me stay creative, man. But really, uh, it's helped me improve over the last couple of years as a, as a producer. So can't really say anything bad about it, man. I, I like it a lot. What what has helped you improve? Are you saying? Uh, just doing this challenge every day, uh, creating beats and uh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes uh, what I what I like to do, and having like machine and MPC, uh, they you know how they go off of these expansions, and sometimes I may stack up on some of those, and I never touch them for a while, and then a challenge comes around like this where I get a chance to explore them and, you know, find new sounds and, you know, just uh, gives me some fresh ideas to be able to create during the challenge and everything else that I have. Sometimes I just operate with hardware. I got a couple of hardware synthesizers in here as well that sometimes I like to use. So I, I pretty much have all of that in my bag, man. And Yeah. What, what hardware synthesizers have you been messing with? Um, I got the Arturia Micro Freak, and then I have the um, I have two. I have the Uno drum synth from IK Multimedia, and then I also have the Uno synth uh, from mm-hmm. them as well. And then uh, the MPK Mini Play uh, with with that has the internal sound. Sometimes I wire <laughs> all three of those for the MPC. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of cooked up that way when I just want to work with hardware. And uh, it just, sometimes it's just different, I guess, a different workflow that helps me create when I use just hardware um, mm-hmm. opposed to just sitting in front of the computer and creating that way. So I like the idea of how to come out whenever I work with hardware. I've been trying to mess with uh, since myself. I, find, I always find it hard to... I love samples, but I find it hard to mix the samples and actual instruments. Sometimes the the records aren't necessarily tuned to 440, so it, I find it hard, and my ear's not real good. And sometimes I can get the tuner; I can just use a little chord tuner for guitars. And sometimes you know it'll register the multi timbral instruments or kind of give you the sled, uh, so I can use that. And then once I get that to like a sample to 440, then I can really hear the notes and get everything flowing a little bit better. I find it hard to mix the two. That's a, a challenge I've been stepping out of my comfort zone and trying to do. 
So big up to you for, do you mix the two or are you always sample or always your own instrumentation? Um, Sometimes I'll mix the two. I actually, um, I got a beat. I haven't put the video out yet, but it's probably going to be sometime next week that I'm doing for this challenge. I'm editing the video as we speak. But uh, Mm -hmm. I chopped up a piano sample and at the end of the beat, uh, the last instrument I add is a synth sound. Um, So that's that may be a time like that when I'm uh, mix up the two. I don't add too much to it uh, when I'm sampling. Maybe sometimes I'll add some bass as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's kind of as far as I go when I mix the two. Are you playing a, a live bass when you said bass, or are you using the synth bass or like uh, one of the softwares on the MPC one? Uh, what are you using for bass? Uh, either the synth bass or uh, like the MP the internal bass on the uh, MPC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish I could play a bass guitar. Um, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. one of the things I'd like to do at some point, though. You should, man. I I I'm super dumb with it, but uh. I feel like uh, learning to play a little bit of bass and just about chord structures and root notes and everything, it really stepped my game up. I can show you what I did pre trying to learn the bass and post trying to learn the bass. And in my opinion, they're night and day to me. But uh, I feel like the bass isn't that hard to at least learn. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. And I find it very fun. Go ahead. A lot of people say that, man. So, yeah, I'm I'm, – Something definitely on my list. I I came up playing the trumpet, and uh, I still play every once in a while. But nice, nice. um, yeah, eventually I want to learn like keys. I want to learn how to play the bass. Um, mm-hmm. I can't like even though I I make beats, I can't really play like fluently. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. play based off of what I hear, and I know mm-hmm. music theory as well, a little bit of music theory, but um. <laughs> I really want to learn how to play the keys a lot better than I've been able to play. So, yeah, um, definitely bass and keys will be in my future. I feel like if you can if you can play the keyboard, it, it goes, if you learn that, you can do anything, right? Because it's all there in front of you versus being, and you can, you can go from the lowest register to the highest register. And I feel like it all goes across the spectrum. Like, if you can figure out chords on a piano, you'd be able to figure out chords on a guitar. I came up playing uh, the trumpet as well. I only played for a couple years, but all the stuff I learned even back then, I want to say from like fifth to eighth grade, uh, it really stuck with me and uh, I carried that over. And I'd love to pick up another trumpet. Unfortunately, I don't have my original one, but I love the trumpet. I love uh, all the trumpet and like, especially in that stacks, the stacks record stuff. It's real sweet. I love the sound of trumpets. Yeah, man. Definitely give it a shot, man. Give it a mm-hmm. shot. This has been another edition of the Major Music Lounge, joined by my man, Burnt Backerack from Burnt Up Records, and myself, mm-hmm. your boy D. Dot. Catch these episodes on YouTube and all podcast streaming platforms. Thank you for tuning in, and we're out. You can tell by my demeanor, smooth, calm, and collect. You don't see nobody clean up paper, power, and respect. Seen ready, heard it, back and peep the scene. And my hustle love the job, moving at a different speed.